you think about empathy for the questions, worries, fears, issues, concerns the buyer has. Yeah. This is oftentimes the great divide between the companies that crush with their online marketing. Certainly they ask you answer versus the ones that, that do not. You're listening to the Endless Customers Podcast, where we help you earn trust and win customers in the age of AI. I'm your host, Alex Winter, and on this episode, we're joined by an all-around marketing and business expert, a keynote speaker, a partner at Impact, and the author of the best-selling book, They Ask You Answer, Marcus Sheridan. Here we go again, right? Here we go again. I love having you on the show. Thanks for being here. Yeah, man. Let's do this. Let's do it. So today, we're talking about content, and specifically content that your buyers or potential buyers actually care about. So I think this is a really important topic because most people think all their content matters and everything that they put out is going to change the world and is going to drive business and do all the stuff and all the things, right? But that's not always the case and it's not totally true. So what does it mean when we talk about content that actually matters and that's really going to drive revenue and meet your customers where they are? Yeah, I mean, you know, if you look at today, we have more types of content than we've ever had. And in fact, you know, when I started with They Ask You Answer myself with my company in 2009, mm-hmm. um, short form video, vertical video didn't exist. There wasn't such a thing. Right. Right. And so we've really evolved uh, some, in so many ways. We've been TikTokified, right, as a society. Yeah, attention but spans are shorter. Attention spans, like, you know, people are less patient, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, attention spans are actually still the same scientifically. It's just that we're less patient as a people. And what's 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 going on is we have trained our brains to, like, they it wants immediacy, immediacy. But that's mainly when we're just passively viewing content. <clears throat> when we're buying something, when we're looking for something, when we're researching company, something, we don't have the TikTok brain at that point most of the time. What we're looking for is the answer to our very specific questions, our fears, our worries, our concerns. When someone is looking to become the voice of trust in their space and really get serious about content, you have to start with that mindset. Would our buyer actually want to know this? One way that you can also almost do a litmus test, if you will, for this is, does our sales team deal with this question right now? If they don't deal with the question, well, then there's a pretty good chance it's not a priority, especially at first. What do I mean by that? So let's say I was a pool guy back in the day because I was, right? Right. If I had written an article or made a video that was, five fun games to play in your fiberglass swimming pool. It might have done fine. People might have read it. It might have been enjoyable. But guess what? Nobody ever, and I did like thousands of sales appointments, seriously, in my time as a pool guy. No one ever said to me, Marcus, what are like some fun games I can play in my swimming pool? (laughs) So if they didn't ask me that, as a salesperson, that's not content I'm gonna put on my website, at least most of the time. If you're trying to increase trust traffic leads and sales, right? Mm -hmm. Now, if you just want traffic and eyeballs, which there's not anything necessarily wrong with that. If you wanna do something on TikTok that's really creative or something like that. Try to get that viral effect. Yeah, a viral effect. Mm -hmm. 
then yeah, do something really creative. You know, take a baseball bat to your fiberglass pool shell and so show people how strong it is. That that's fine. That's fine. Sure. But that's I'm not going to use that necessarily in a sales appointment, right? Mm-hmm. And so you want to start with the questions that your sales team is actually dealing with. And of course, you want to start with the big five. I mean, the big five is magic. Yeah, what is the big five, especially for our viewers and listeners that don't know or haven't heard of that before? Can you just give us a quick snapshot of what that yeah. is? The big five, and we've seen this at Impact, are the five subjects that buyers most consistently research when they're making a buying decision, B2B, B2C. Mm-hmm. So as buyers, consumers, if I said to you, if you're listening to this right now, what's something you always research when you're looking into a product to service a company? You're going to say price, probably immediately. Yeah. You're going to say reviews, I was gonna say probably re- immediately. Reviews. Those are the top two that people immediately say. Yeah. So those are two of the big five. The other big fives are, we've got number one, cost and price. Number two, we've got problems. And what that means is fears, negatives, worries, concerns. Okay. So any problem is when the buyer gets serious about buying something what happens in our mind is um if i do make this purchase if i do make this decision how could it blow up in my face right okay so for example weighing the pros and the cons yes what are the problems with a fiberglass pool are fiberglass pools ugly right that's a problem right right is a fiberglass pool going to pop out of the ground? Right. Is it going to crack and leak or something? Right. Right. All right. Yeah. Number three, comparisons. We love to compare, man. Mm -hmm. So versus comparisons, think about how many times you've been online and you compared one thing versus another. That's my favorite feature on Amazon is looking at the different. Yeah. It's your, it's your go-to, right? Yeah. We like to be able to stack stuff up against each other. Mm -hmm. So as to, so as to really feel like, okay, I've done my due diligence here. Right. Then number four, we've got reviews. Thing about reviews is, we don't just want to see positive reviews. We want to see the good, the bad, and the ugly. We also want to know who's it for, who's it not for. And the who's it not for, that's one of the most powerful, and almost no one does it. That's true. People yeah. tend to shy away from those, yeah. those oh, types of comments and questions. That's right. Mm-hmm. Almost nobody does it. And, um, you know, uh, perfect case in point. Yesterday I was actually talking. Uh, I was speaking at an event, and I was, uh, I was picking on this automotive dealer because he – has a good sales system and they do a lot of video. And I said, but there's one thing you haven't done. When you do a review, y'all are like everybody else in the automotive space. And that is you give us all the reasons why the car is awesome, but you don't say, now let me explain to you who this car isn't necessarily a good fit for. Right. And I asked the audience yesterday when I was speaking with them, if a salesperson said, now let me explain to you who this wouldn't be a good fit for, what would happen in terms of your emotion towards that salesperson? Everybody's like, oh, I totally would trust the guy. To trust them way more. Yeah. Way more. Absolutely. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then I looked at the person, I said, so does your team do that? He said, no, <laughs> no, we don't. Right. And so that's, that's the great divide. So we've got cost, problems, comparisons, reviews. Reviews. And, and then we've got best. And best, of course, is anything where we're looking to rank. Anything where we're looking for extremes, ranges. So it could be best, could be most, could be top, could be loudest, could be quietest. Right, like what's the what's the best TV I can buy right now, or what's the best refrigerator? What insert whatever. That's right. So product. any ex, any extreme, right? Mm-hmm. Any anything that we can rate or scale out, but we just call that best. And everybody's listening to this has searched best plus a phrase 
thousands of times probably sure. by this point on Google. So those are the big five. And here's what's interesting. Buyers are obsessed with it. They want to know it. Businesses as a whole don't want to talk about it. So it creates a paradox of wants. And this is why most companies don't resonate with the marketplace. This is why your website traffic probably isn't growing. This is why you're not getting the leads that you'd like to have from your website because you're not talking about that, which they really want to know. You know, one question I love to ask audiences when we look at the big five, I say, what percentage of your website right now, the content on your website relates to those five things right there? And the average person will say less than 10%. Less than 10%. Yeah. And wow. it needs to be in that 60 to 70% range if you're going to become that big time thought leader, that go-to voice of trust in your industry, okay. you need to be in that range. Because amongst those five alone, there's literally hundreds of potential questions, searches, queries, oh, articles, yeah. videos that you could be producing that are gonna help people get closer to making a buying decision. So how, how could somebody, this is fascinating, I love this. How could somebody that's a marketer or on the marketing team or even businesses, small business, whatever size business you have, how can you tell the difference and how can you start to make content that's in and around the big five and not content that doesn't matter, that's weak, for instance? Yeah, well, you you get very specific and you say, okay, let's, uh, let's take each product we have or each service we have and then you start with the first of the big five and you brainstorm all the cost questions around that particular product or service. You can go all the way through the big five. Now, when we do a brainstorm with a client at Impact, we guide them through this process because mm -hmm. a lot of times people screw this up. We add a couple of other subject areas that, that really um, we find also resonate well in the marketplace, which is how to, how do questions and what type of question, like what is questions. Gotcha. So you've got the big five plus two, how and what style questions. Okay. And then you do a brainstorm. Now, what's great about this is you could go to ChatGPT right now and you could say, okay, ChatGPT, I want you to follow Marcus Sheridan's They Ask You Answer methodology. I want you to do a brainstorm of potential uh, search queries that people would have online and therefore blog articles, titles that have to do with choose your service or product and I want you to specifically focus on subjects around cost, price, comparisons, reviews, All the things best, we're just talking about. problems, yeah. fears, et cetera, that someone would have that they would ask about with respect to that product or service. Okay. Now you can do that and, and then give it a number. And I want you to come up with at least 50 ideas. And you're going to be like, oh my goodness, this is amazing. In terms of a content ideation tool, man... Tools like ChatGPT AI, they're amazing for that. They're actually very, very effective. Just give it the right prompts. That, and that's the key because I think sometimes the excuse is, well, I'm not a writer or, oh, I, that's not my forte. I'm not really well versed in this. And there are tools now with AI that really can help you get 90% of the way there. Because I think another thing too is you shouldn't just copy and paste right out of GPT. You should still try to make it in yeah, your and own that, voice. And that's why I'm, a, a, you know, generally speaking, what I am a big believer in is you can... First, do the brainstorm that we just discussed with your sales team and subject matter experts mm -hmm. without the help of AI. Then you bring in AI after that because doing the exercise as a team is very smart because it gets everybody thinking like a buyer. It's actually very, very healthy to do. And plus, then they just get more excited and take more ownership about it. So then you can use the AI 
And then when you're when you produce the content, go to the subject matter expert first. Because what we're gonna see more and more of more and more of is generic answers to generic questions. What does AI not do a great job of? Let's say you went to ChatGPT and you got it to write an article, and the article was about how much does the fiberglass pool cost, right? Well, uh, it's going to give you probably a decent explanation, but it ain't going to tell you no stories. Right. And it's not going to be human sounding. Right. It's missing that human element. Yeah. So what you need to learn to do is you really need to learn to integrate that human voice. Mm-hmm. It sounds something like this. You know, one of the questions we get here all the time at River Pools is, okay, you know, Marcus, be honest. How much is a fiberglass pool really going to cost me? And if you've been researching fiberglass pools, you probably know there's a huge range as to what you might spend. Mm-hmm. One neighbor of yours spends 50000 Another neighbor spends 250000 You're saying, what's the difference? Can anybody just help me answer this question and give me a solid budget? Well, in this article, we're going to do just that. I mean, we're going to explain what drives cost up, what keeps cost down. We're going to explain why some companies are expensive, why some companies are cheap. And then by the end, you'll have a great sense as to what a fiberglass pool is going to cost you. Now, I could have done that, by the way, for any product or any service in the world and would have sounded just like that. Right. It didn't have anything to do with the fact that I used to sell pools. I can do that for anything. That's how you sound human. That's how your content should sound, your videos, your articles, because that's very human sounding. It's very personal sounding. The companies that get more and more personal in the future, that content's going to resonate more with the marketplace. And then when you integrate story into it, like real stories of you, your staff, your customers, experiences, that's powerful, right? So you say, well, how would you integrate story into like a cost article? I might say, you know, recently we gave a quote to one homeowner and it was for a very large pool but it came in at under $80,000. Well, how did it come in under $80,000? Well, they didn't have a lot of additional expenses. They got a very little bit of patio. They didn't have uh, any type of retaining walls, you know, and they kept it pretty basic. They just wanted more space, but not a lot of bells and whistles. And that's an $80,000 pool, right? And so all of a sudden you're like, oh, okay. And that's an actual story from a client. You see, GPT ain't going to do that for you, right? right? Right. And so you, now, which by the way, you could actually prompt it to give you stories, but for the love of all that's pure and holy, don't, please, just don't. <laughs> just don't. Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> make those stories your people. Make it specific to your area, your geography, the culture of where you are, your industry, your niche, right? There's ways to send signals that a human wrote this. So make sure you're doing that. And people are going to be more and more hungry for that. And if you look at like where YouTube is going, they've come out and said with their algorithm, we're looking for more and more content that says, I did this. That's what they, they want to share real stories, real experiences. Yeah, it's true. You said something earlier too that really resonated with me. And it's thinking about the buyer and really getting into their shoes. So for the sales team, for the marketing team or the revenue squad, if they're really functioning optimally to think like the buyer. And I feel like that's not something that a lot of companies do. So can you talk a little bit about when we're we're positioning content that actually matters, it really comes back to like, you have to think and be in your buyer's shoes. Yeah, like when you think about empathy for the questions, worries, fears, issues, concerns the buyer has. Yeah. This is oftentimes the great divide between the companies that crush with their online marketing. Certainly they ask you answer versus the ones that, that do not. Some CEOs... Some organizations are so far out of touch with the way their buyer thinks 
that they just struggle to make that person feel like you get me, you understand me. That's exactly what I was thinking because those are the phrases they should be saying when they're consuming your content. But oftentimes, what's going on? We're trying to sound smart. We're trying to be self-serving. You know, the moment you try to sound smart, you start to look stupid to the marketplace. I'm really serious about this. I mean, somebody once told me it's dumb not to dumb it down. I didn't get that at first, but it's so true. Like, you want to communicate really well online. Just look for communion with your audience. Communion has the same root as communication. Bringing it together, right? Understood. And so... Right, and knowing your audience, because you would position an article, I would imagine, for, let's say it's a medical group where you have a bunch of PhDs, yeah. the language is going to be a lot different than if you're talking to a roofing company, per se, or or something that's more of a blue-collar style job, right? Yeah, so it's you, you bring a, a good point. That's why, like, when you're doing a, a video, too, especially, mm -hmm. you should see in your head who you're talking to. You should know what that person is, like, essentially their, their avatar, sure. you know, this is this matters because if you're talking to that person like you would in real life, I'm going to speak differently to, like you said, a PhD than I would a fifth grader. Totally. But both have their place. Right. And it's knowing that. How often do you, as you interface with companies, you coach and train a lot of companies, do you see business owners and sales teams that really think they know their audience and they couldn't be more wrong? They, they're telling themselves the story of like, this is... I know this this is how we need to do it and they couldn't they're missing the mark entirely. I mean, generally every single company we deal with underestimates their 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 buyer in terms of the information they're looking for, how much they'll consume, wow. what they're specifically searching. One activity I love to do especially with sales teams is we'll talk about the big 5 and then I'll say let's do some brainstorming with Google. And we'll go on there and I'll say, okay, let's choose one of your products and we'll put their product in and then we'll put the word like versus afterwards. And then we'll watch what Google does, right? And Google suddenly shows you like 10 different searches that people are doing where they're comparing this versus that. And everyone's like, what? People are searching that? They're saying that? Like, yeah, man, that's the market right there. Right. That's the market. Right. But you see, a lot of this comes down to the curse of knowledge. Because we're so informed and familiar with the thing that we sell, the thing that we do, we become less and less familiar with what it is to be an uninformed or ignorant buyer. Those that can maintain a sense and appreciation for ignorance, and I really mean this, they do the best when it comes to marketing online mm -hmm. because they can resonate at the, at the most basic way, the most understood way with their ideal buyer, with their ideal customer. And that's a pretty cool thing. But a lot of people don't exercise that skill. They don't take the time to get into it. It's also why, like, like sometimes I'll do brainstorms with business owners about the questions that people have. And I'll say, okay, so what are the biggest fears that your buyers have, specifically how they search out online? If they can't come up with an answer, and this is not uncommon, I'll say, if you can't come up with an answer right now, what's it mean? And they have that, like, moment, swallow the pill, and, like, I've lost touch with the market like yes you right. have about time to go on a ride along with a sales team you That's know right. what i mean yeah. so you have to constantly look to put yourself in the shoes of your audience extremely well said great advice um for everyone out there watching how can they get in touch with you if they have questions about the big five or if they want to just connect with what's going on in your world 
You can find me on LinkedIn on the socials. I'm pretty good there, so make sure we're connected. You can email me, Marcus, at MarcusSheridan.com. You can hire me to come speak at your event or to your team. Uh, but either way, I hope to see you, if you're watching this, at some point, IRL, in real life, y'all. Marcus, thanks again. And thank you to everybody out there listening to the Endless Customers Podcast. And hey, don't forget that we have episodes every Monday and Wednesday releasing on all major platforms. So be sure to go subscribe. That way you won't miss out on how you can earn trust and win customers in the age of AI. 